Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day, there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And it's interesting. One of the things I've been thinking a lot about recently is that so many businesses are happy with being average or even mediocre, right? You know, and so we're going to be talking with a guest today who is going to talk to us about how we're not mediocre. We're not average. How the heck do we get to really be all stars? So please join me in welcoming Scott Rusnak to our program today. Welcome, Scott. How are you doing? Deb, uh, I'm doing great. And as we talked before the show, I've just come off a four-day yeah, ski trip and a morning mountain bike ride. So I'm pushing to the limits, and I know you are as well. I love, you know, and it is Friday as we're recording this and, and the short week, all of those things. But and we're going to talk about how you schedule your time because I was fascinated with that. But, you know, let's just go ahead and jump in. Let me read your bio and then we will get started on this because it's going to be a great conversation. So Scott Rusnak is an executive coach, expert EOS implementer, and a board certified coach for the U.S and British Olympic teams. He is also the author of The Entrepreneur's Field Guide, Design Your Life Before Someone Else Does It For You. Scott has co-founded and successfully exited multiple businesses, including School Logic, Golf Now, HM Systems, and Tutela. Each successful transition has been attributed to the tools within the EOS framework. With more than 30 years of experience in the entrepreneurial world as a coach, consultant, and advisor, Scott helps his clients recognize blind spots and learn lessons that can only be taught by someone who has been through it all. So again, Scott, welcome. Deb, you know, that's quite an interesting bio. And I almost wonder if we should fix the bio in the sense that the tools of EOS have helped me in, in business, mm -hmm. but the foundation of my life, I think of someone like my mother, some coaches right. and some mentors, mm -hmm. I think a lot of my success mm -hmm. is due to the fact that people believed in me. Ah, I love that's it. Coming, that's coming from a high school dropout. So mm -hmm. there we go. <laughs> mm -hmm. I love that. You know, and you talk about that in your book and, and I love that so much, but you know, let's talk a little bit more about that. How is it that you got to where you are today? Boy. Um, I think the biggest is issue with this country is you let people in like me. I was born in Canada, and I was trying—I was trying to become a professional hey. hockey player. <laughs> a and pretty chilly. Mm -hmm. um, I was trying to become a professional hockey player mm -hmm. or a professional cyclist. Okay, neither of those worked out. And coaches, mentors, and the right people in my life pointed me to go to school. And mm -hmm. luckily enough, it's about who you know, what not, or not what you know mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. I was able to start a software company. It became reasonably successful. Mm -hmm. And this well, you software competed company, against Apple. Really? 
I've got this philosophy. If you're going to compete, you might as well go right, right. after the top, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Not the smartest decision, some would say, but I think it worked out okay. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing that happened is that people in the States were like, that's great. You're from Canada. We need to see the proof in the pudding. And we think you need to be down here more. Huh, interesting. And my wonderful wife back then of a couple of years and mm-hmm. our four-month-old baby who didn't have a voice in the matter, I said, we're going to have to move to the States and do this properly. Mm-hmm. And about 30 years ago, we moved down to the States. And we built a company out of blood, set, sweat, and tears uh, to about 5,000-ish schools around North America mm-hmm. and Europe. And it became known as School Logic and mm-hmm. uh, had an absolute blast doing it. So that's how it all started. Mm-hmm. I love it. You know, and, and you have gone then from company to company learning each time. And, and I think that is, you know, one of the things that you talk about a lot in your book is we have to be on that continual learning curve, you know, and, and you do talk in your book again about the coaches that you had and the mentors. And I think so many people in business think, you know, I, I don't need that. And, and so why is it, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm a big proponent that is, you know, if people like Tiger Woods and Michael Jordan had coaches, then coaches are obviously pretty important. You know, they're they're not thinking, I know how to do it all. They knew that they had to have a coach. So, and you know, and, and you talk about your coaches also. So why is it important that we have coaches and then in the business world, mentors, people like that? Well, the interesting thing about a great coach is they're going to make sure you have a vision. Mm-hmm. And sometimes your idea of the race you can win or the business you can compete at mm-hmm. isn't exactly accurate. So they're going to poke you in right. the nose from time to time and question that mm-hmm. vision and say, are you entering a race you can win? Are you in a business arena you mm-hmm. can actually win it? Mm-hmm. And winning means a lot of different things for different people, mm-hmm. but there's got to be a purpose to all that as well. So I mm-hmm. think the coach right off the bat can say, vision, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And then number two are you working with discipline and accountability? Now, on the business side, you could call that traction. Mm-hmm. Hey, and then on the cycling or the skiing side, you can say, hey, that's really putting in the reps. But then the last part, Deb, which is almost the most important part and maybe the hardest part to obtain as an athlete or an entrepreneur is the healthy and smart part. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of people are smart, they're driven, they've got these God-given abilities. But a coach is able to say to you, are you really healthy? Are you vulnerable? Mm -hmm. Are you really digging in? Are you taking the right rests? And Mm -hmm. not only getting everything you want from your business, but your life. And for me, all those coaches through my life have really helped me self-correct along Mm -hmm. the way. Right. You know, one of the things that I love about coaches is that they give you structure, and and I think that's what, especially if we're on our own, or you know, even if we're the the CEO of a, a big you know multi million corporation, we don't always have that structure. And that coach, you know, let's let's you know, even going back to you know Pee Wee football and and all of those things, it was <laughs> you will work out between X period and X period. You will eat this, this, and this, you know, and, and they really did do that structure. And then of course, the second we didn't have that coach, we're like, yeah, right, whatever. Um, and you know, and a good coach really does help give you that direction. So talk to us a little bit more about that. 
well, there's two sides and I'm going to marry business and sport throughout yeah. this power mm-hmm. hour, if mm-hmm. you don't mind. Yeah, because that <laughs> is talk- who you are. Mm-hmm. It still is. And we can talk Tennessee football later. No, oh, no, not Tennessee. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the one thing I find, and I'm going to bring it back to my role as a EOS implementer, which mm-hmm. is the entrepreneur operating system. Mm-hmm is we work with clients for about 18 to 24 months, and then they get it. Mm-hmm. Now, we'll go into detail on that later. But if you look at the, let's go to Premier League soccer, the average tenure of one of those coaches is about 18 months. Hmm. Now, some are gone quicker, some are gone, right. some stay longer. Mm-hmm. They, put, they put this structure and the format mm-hmm. in place so that the team gets it, they get the right mm-hmm. level of success. If the coach is great and the team is great, they stick around a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. But going back to that structure, we've got to identify the unique ability of each team member. Mm-hmm. We've got to make sure that they're running with discipline and accountability. Mm-hmm. We've got to have that plan for at least the next 12 to 18 mm-hmm. months. So that's the structure the coach can bring. And then the next part is something I absolutely love. And go back to the Walt Disney days. We all made a Jiminy Cricket on right. our shoulder. Mm-hmm. We need someone to point out those blind spots. Have you ever had someone take a picture of you in outfit or you're at a, an occasion? You think, oh, I'm looking all great. Yeah, well, I'm hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you, you look back at the picture like, uh, I'm actually not so hot. Right. And that can happen in the business arena and the sports mm-hmm. arena. Mm-hmm. You don't have a mirror on yourself. You don't have a mirror in front of yourself all the time. But that coach or that mentor can. Mm-hmm. Be that person that is your mirror right. in real life. Mm-hmm. And they're going to point out those blind spots as you're moving mm-hmm. along that journey. Right. And and a good coach, of course, does it in a way that is the helpful criticism as opposed to, oh, my God, honey, you put on 50 pounds. Do you not know what you look like? <laughs> <laughs> Deb, can I be open and honest? Yes. And then hopefully you're shaking your head. And yeah, so now I'm the coach. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, with all due love and respect, I need you to think about this one thing you're doing mm-hmm. today or the plan mm-hmm. or where we're going to go. Mm-hmm. And if you do that with a gentle poke in the nose with the plan and the purpose mm-hmm. in mind, I find you get the point across and right. everyone takes another step up mm-hmm. each day. Right. You know, and, and you talk about having a plan. And I think that is absolutely critical. I mean, you know, let's go back to the sports analogy. People don't get into sports now to to just do it, right? There is some reason why they are doing it. Maybe they're doing it to lose weight. Maybe they are doing it to make friends. Maybe they're doing it to win the Super Bowl. Um, I am in Georgia. And so, you know, here here they take football serious. Oh, my gosh. Um, You know, and, and so they're doing it to win the national title. You know, and and or you know, tennis. You know, and and I know you spend a lot of time cycling. You know, you don't, you don't, you're not in it just to pedal around the block. You're thinking, I bet I could do that Tour de France. I bet I, I bet I could, or at least I could do a triathlon or you know something like that. There's always a goal in mind. Now, I'm, we didn't prep a lot for this part of the conversation before, and I love it. Because I've met so many athletes and so, so many entrepreneurs, they're like, mm-hmm. I'm going to do this triathlon. Mm-hmm. I'm going to run this half marathon mm-hmm. or this 10K, or I'm going to achieve this in business. Mm-hmm. They achieve it, 
They're at the top of the mountain. They ring their bell and they're like, bing, bing, I'm done. Mm -hmm. And as a coach, I remind them that you're not done after this event. Right. I need this to be an infinite game mm -hmm. with a purpose mm -hmm. so that you're continually thinking about moving forward. Mm -hmm. And just last week, I was skiing with a dear friend of mine mm -hmm. who's 78 years old. And he's like, Scott, you know, I know you've got this goal for 80 countries by the time you're 80. I tell you, if you don't ski with me when I turn 80, we're going to have a different kind of conversation. Mm -hmm. Now, that's someone with, with that kind of perspective. Mm -hmm. The Olympic hangover is something that's real. Mm -hmm. You get on the podium or you get to the Olympics. Right. And then what? You're, you're done. Mm-hmm mental health, all kinds mm -hmm. of terrible things mm -hmm. go on inside that community. So as a, let's just call ourselves weekend warriors, and I'm definitely mm -hmm. one now, but I do think as a coach, I've got a unique perspective with businesses and those athletes moving forward thinking mm -hmm. there's an infinite game. What are we shooting for mm -hmm. that's bigger and better? Mm -hmm. so, long, long way to answer your question, but there's an infinite game. Mm -hmm. What else is out there? Let's continue to pursue greater, bigger and better mm -hmm. things. Right. You know, and, and from a business perspective, it's funny because we talk about BHAGs, our big, hairy, audacious goals, right? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and, and sometimes you know, we make them unattainable. Well, then that's not going to work, right? You know, I, <laughs> I'm i not going to make $50 million next year unless I play the lottery, right? And then that's probably still not going to work either. Uh, so your your goals, they should be big, but they should be attainable. But how, you know, how many times do we see businesses where you say, what's your goal for one year, five years, 10 years? And they go, ah. <laughs> you know? and I tell people, it's like, you know, if we get in the car and you know, look at our GPS and expect it to take us somewhere, but we didn't tell it where we wanted to go. You know, we're just going to flounder around. We might end up in a cool place. We might end up in the lake. <laughs> you know, who knows? We have yeah. to have those goals. I've been in a few lakes in my life. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, the odd cold plunge in Tahoe is not bad, but I'd prefer to be in a warmer lake. Mm -hmm. So with that, I, I want to let your listeners know that I'm happy to give away all the stuff I'm going to talk about today. Mm -hmm. And one of them is something we call the Vision Traction Organizer. Ah. And this is a two-page business planning document mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. US, US worldwide that we'll give out mm -hmm. to people. Mm -hmm. And with this Vision Traction Organizer, and hopefully you don't mind this long soliloquy into it. Go for we get it. Very straight. On, yeah. We get really straight on your core values. Mm -hmm. Who are you at your core? Mm -hmm. Are you humbly confident? Do you do the right mm -hmm. thing? Do you do what you say? Then we get straight on your core focus. What's your why? Mm -hmm. And when I work with athletes or entrepreneurs, I ask them, why are you doing this? Mm -hmm. And some will say, I want to make a billion dollars or 20% profit. Mm -hmm. Then I'll go, Say, well, who in your business is that affecting and your life is that affecting positively? Mm -hmm. Sounds like your bank account, but what about the receptionist? What about the gardener mm -hmm. and all the rest? Right. And so when we come back to it and reframe that why around the core values and say, mm -hmm. hmm, maybe I want to leave people in a better place than I found them. Mm -hmm. Maybe I want to grow this legacy. Mm -hmm. So when we get straight with that and the core values, mm -hmm. then we can start to talk about maybe a 10-year target or mm -hmm. a core target. This is mm -hmm. really what we want. Mm -hmm. The interesting thing is a really good friend of mine who was the founder of Golf Now, mm -hmm. thank you, Brett, for inv involving me in that business. Remember him saying his vision was to have the Golf Now app in the hand of every golfer. Huh. And this was back, 
early 2000s. Like, mm-hmm. How are we going to do that? These cell phone things don't really work. Well, <laughs> thank you. Thank you again, Apple. Mm-hmm. If you are playing golf now, you can look up the Golf Now app on your phone if you want to play golf. Well, that was Brett's core focus. Mm-hmm. But when you break it down, and I'll talk about some other businesses. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's your core focus. Where do you want to be in three years? Mm-hmm. Okay, get straight on that revenue, some measurables. Mm-hmm. Where do you want to be in one year? Get your goals, everything mm-hmm. straight. And then let's get really refined and talk about the next 90 days. Mm-hmm. So we've found as coaches within our community that if we can set 90-day priorities, mm-hmm. which we call rocks, mm-hmm. that our good friend Stephen Covey invented yep. many, many years mm-hmm. ago, mm-hmm. love him to death, we can set these specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, timely priorities we call rocks for each and every person on the leadership team and then filter that through the business. Mm-hmm. And then come back every 90 days and reset that based on our one-year goal. We got a heck of a chance of hitting that core target. Mm-hmm. Right. We'll wrap all that up within this VTO, which again, people can reach out. I'll email mm-hmm. them a copy of the VTO. You're going to get really straight on your vision. Mm-hmm. And you've got an attainable, realistic, timely way to mm-hmm. get there. And we'll bring it back to the coach pokey in the mm-hmm. nose from time to time going, oh, we're off track. Mm-hmm. How are we going to get there? Right. You know, and I love that you say we need to do it in these 90 day chunks, rocks, because I think sometimes we get so focused on the future that we, you know, we forget about the short term and the short term is where things happen. You know, um, Mm -hmm. you know, you were talking about how much snow you had. We had really, really cold here in Atlanta. Really? You know, like, yeah, like single digits. That doesn't happen down here. Um, You know. Hello, there was this little thing called COVID. All sorts of things happen in that short term. And if you can't figure out how to make it through that, then nothing else is going to to happen. Um, And so that's where I love having those 90-day focuses where it's like, okay, we're going to do this, then this, then this. (coughs) Well, COVID was really terrible for a lot of things, Mm -hmm. but I find with a lot of human tragedy or these big events, we come through it stronger. Mm -hmm. So I've got this mindset, which is a growth mindset that tells me the future is going to be better than the past. Mm -hmm. And as we were going through COVID, I was lucky enough to have my son, who was going Mm -hmm. to the University of Arizona, join me in San Diego at our home. Mm -hmm. What did we get to do? We got to talk about business. We got to talk about his school. He was online doing things. Mm -hmm. I was surfing. I was riding my bike mm-hmm. and I was on Zoom with my clients. Mm-hmm. And as I had conversations with my son, entrepreneurs and athletes, I reminded them that we've got a one-year plan mm-hmm. and a three-year target and this big core focus. So let's not get lost in the weeds of today. Mm-hmm. Let's remember the things we've overcome and mm-hmm. how we can break through. Right. And we kept running on this same mm-hmm. rotation. And Deb, one of my core values is humbly confident, but my practice went through the roof. Mm-hmm. By really talking about that mindset and keeping right. people in the right structure. Mm-hmm. And it was an incredible period. Right. Yeah. You know, because it is, it's that balance. You know, if we get so focused on, oh my gosh, what are we going to do tomorrow? Then, you know, that's, that's not going to work. And, and, and I think of course, the thing that we saw so much with COVID and it didn't matter if it was the one person business or, you know, the, the giant things, they had not done planning and preparation. You know, they didn't know yeah. a lot of those things. Um, in in my earlier career, I did crisis management planning. Now, you know, <laughs> w- you we never planned for a pandemic, right? I mean, you know, now we did plan for something like September 11th, 
because you know that that was about the point in time where I started this and you know it, but we would plan on things like what happens if you cannot get into your office for a day, a week, a month. You know, and this was, you know, when we started doing this long enough ago that that cloud didn't really quite exist. So did you have backups? Did people even know what they were supposed to do? I mean, that was one of the biggest difficulties that we found was people didn't know what other people were supposed to do, you know, and and I, I operate on the hit by a bus theory. You know, if I get hit by a bus, can somebody take over and do what I'm doing? You know, and and so I think that was the biggest thing that we saw during COVID was that there were these incredibly successful businesses that really didn't have a grasp as to their day-to-day functions and what it took to, to get them going. And and you know, it, it was it was clearly something that was very challenging to everybody. Um, you know, I love the ones that transition, like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just South of Tennessee. Like I said, I'm in Atlanta and the big distilleries in Tennessee that couldn't produce their alcohol produced hand sanitizer. I just thought that was the coolest thing in the world. Right. So they kept their doors open. They kept their people employed and they provided something that people needed. And now of course they're back to alcohol because that's what we really need. But, um, but yeah, they knew, <laughs> This is what we need to do to keep things going. Well, it's that kind of mindset. And Mm -hmm. I'm not going to, you know, I certainly don't think I'm a prophet, but I think you read in my book about annual planning uh, Mm -hmm. sessions Mm -hmm. we were running in 2017, 2018, Mm -hmm. 2019. And I remember saying to people, and the book came out before COVID, Mm -hmm. what are we going to do if an earthquake happens, Mm -hmm. a tsunami, uh, Mm -hmm. some kind of natural disaster? Mm -hmm. Mm And I'll give a shout out to Dutch Bros Coffee and the CEO of Arizona, mm-hmm. Dutch or uh, Josh Hayes. During their annual planning session, we looked at each other and we said, okay, w- what if it's torrential heat? What if it's mm-hmm. monsoon rains that wipe out these mm-hmm. stores? And we developed a, a SWAT. And a lot of people don't like mm-hmm. the word SWAT, but hey, what are our strengths? Mm-hmm. What are our weaknesses? What mm-hmm. are maybe some things, some kinks in our armor, right. some opportunities? Mm-hmm. And then what, what are the real threats? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The word pandemic did not come up, no. but a lot of other things did. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Josh and his team were able to put together these 90, a 90-day plan for mm-hmm. the rocks and a one-year plan. Mm-hmm. This is where we're going to be by the end of the year mm-hmm. and three years. And I remember running these virtual sessions with mm-hmm. leadership teams and a bunch of mid-level managers. Mm-hmm. And by the way, shout out to those kids. As people say, millennials, Gen Y, Gen Zs, whatever they are. Smart kids, smart kids. Mm-hmm. They just want some discipline, accountability. Mm-hmm. They want a leader that acts like a great parent. Mm-hmm. Josh was able to funnel his organization to a point that they had their best year and they've continued to mm-hmm. move forward on all that. Mm-hmm. So we can tackle any obstacle. Mm-hmm. As my good friend Ryan Holiday says, the obstacle is the way. Mm-hmm. So get ready for it. And for- mm-hmm. How are you going to overcome? Right. You know, and let's be honest, it's going to happen. I mean, you know, whether it's something small or something big. And so it's just a matter of making sure that we're ready for it. Can we forecast everything? Absolutely, you know, absolutely not. But if we've got that good foundation, then we can get through almost anything. Well, um, I'll try not to get too deep into. My biggest passion is talking to people about, are you the architect of your life Mm -hmm. and your business? 
And I think that too many people are just focused with their head down, chopping mm-hmm. wood all day long, right. that they that they forget what the real purpose mm-hmm. is. And they you know, five days a week, I'm just going to work my tail off. Mm-hmm. And I try I try to flip it on its head and mm-hmm. say, there's no way in the world for five days a week you can be at your best. Mm-hmm. Maybe you got three days a week you can mm-hmm. be at your best. And I call that the red zone. So you're in the red mm-hmm. zone for five days a week. Mm-hmm. But you need these, I call them green zone moments, which are buffer days, right? Is it Dan Sullivan? Right. So you're preparing and getting ready for the mm-hmm. next meeting or the next week. Mm-hmm. And then you've got to have easy days. And yes, mm-hmm. you can tell your boss or your leader or your employees, you need to have those easy days to take care of things when the seas are calm. Mm-hmm. And if you can build out your week the right way with those kinds of moments, I think it'll make, make it a lot easier to get what you want for your business right. and your life. Well, and that comes back to being an athlete because an athlete is not doing a hundred percent all of the time. You know, they work, they rest, you know, they have different things that they're doing. So, you know, they've got their hardcore days, Mm -hmm. then they've got their days of, you know, sitting down and, and strategically thinking about things. I mean, you know, all of these various things. And, and I think that really is the great example is athletes are not a hundred percent all the time. And maybe I shouldn't say it that way because they're a hundred percent, but they're a different hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, Deb, you're getting real fired up here. Um, you know, it's an interesting thing. When I was going into college, uh, a really great cycling coach grabbed me by the neck and he asked me when I was just going to stop racing to race. Like, Des, what are you talking about? Yeah, um, I'm supposed to, here to do race? this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He said, you got it all wrong. Um, he's like, Bike racing and life is like a chess match. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you need to do certain moves. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you need to sit back. Mm-hmm. And if anyone watches the Tour de France or any kind of cycling race, they'll realize that more often than not, the person that wins the race is sitting in the back. They were the dudes the in the back that were just drafting, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Des figured out with me, and we'll talk about business one. I figured out with me in cycling that if I could do circuit races that lasted two and a half, three hours mm-hmm. that had a hill that was about four to 10% grade for a couple mm-hmm. kilometers with these hard pitches, mm-hmm. I would sit in and then I would go hard. Mm-hmm. So, okay, Rusnak, you've got six or seven candles to burn, which is that that's when you're going to be at your best. Mm-hmm. The rest, you're going to sit back and wait. And every once in a while, I want you to, I uh, hope you don't erase this, to kick the snot out of everyone. Mm-hmm. You can. And then there'll be less competitors mm-hmm. at the end. Right. And if you look at business or bike racing, it's the mm-hmm. same thing. How many candles do you have to burn? Mm-hmm. And when do you need to take the snot out of everyone right. else in the yeah. race? Mm-hmm. You can cross the finish line. Mm-hmm. And you might not always be first, mm-hmm. but you're going to be pretty darn close if you've mm-hmm. got that kind of plan in place. Right. Yeah. And, and let's be honest. And as you can tell, yeah. pretty Very fast. few <laughs> are going to be first. You know, I mean, that's just... And and even the guys that are first aren't always first, um, you know. And and so, but it's funny because you talk about Olympic athletes, and and um, you know they they always say you know silver is the worst medal, right? Who wants to be second best? Um, you know, but yeah. second best at that level is incredible, you know. And 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 so you know, no matter what your industry or your field is, it it's okay to not always be first. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a good friend of mine, 
um, was the first North American to win a gold medal in Nordic combined. Mm -hmm. His name is Billy DeMong. Mm -hmm. And Billy's the first guy to say that his gold medal day was about a seven out of 10. Mm. Now, his teammate, mm -hmm. who he was allowed to draft behind, his teammate just went full mm -hmm. throttle. Right. He had, a ten, he had a 10 out of 10 day, but his teammate got the silver and Billy got the gold. Mm -hmm. Billy's like, you know what? He actually earned this race for me. And mm -hmm. they remain great friends right. to this day. Mm -hmm. But without the second place, Billy wouldn't have got first. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and, and you can only be first for so long, you know, no matter what it is. Obviously, as an athlete, you're going to get old. <laughs> you know, you're going to break something. Um, you know, I discovered that I have, I'm, I'm related to an Olympic athlete, um, it, you know, not by blood, it's by marriage. Uh, my, um, and, and it was really funny because it was one of these things where we were watching the Olympics and you know how at the start, and, and I love the pomp and circumstance of the Olympics. And so at yeah. the start, here comes, you know, the, the flags. Well, here comes the, the Greece flag. And they said, and here's Katarina Creer. And we all went, excuse me. <laughs> you know? And she is married to my husband's cousin. Um, you know, but and and but she is a pole vaulter. And you know, she's it's it's incredible to watch what she does. And and you know, we've kind of watched along that the you know sidelines, obviously. But yeah, you know, there's she's she's starting to age out, and but then she has to have a plan. And I think that is the important thing that, that we're talking about, you know, that that at some point we have to transition to something else, a different product, a different service. Um, you know, I've talked on the program before about Kodak, about Blockbuster, you know, about all those companies that thought we're going to be on top of the world forever and then thud, <laughs> right? And, yeah. and they refuse to change, um, you know, and, and I think that is the other thing that, that it needs to be part of our planning is, okay. When the life cycle of whatever it is that we do has run its course, then what are we going to do? Oh, boy, Deb, you're getting me fired up here because you've got to have a bigger purpose in your life. Right. You know, with School Logic, yeah, um, Apple realized what we were up to and they kind of came after us. Power School came after us. All mm -hmm. these people started coming after us. Mm -hmm. We retooled. And there was a point where I said, no, boss, um, I don't think I've got the G and the ability to continue mm -hmm. to push forward. Mm -hmm. And we decided it was time to exit. The interesting thing was I realized we just didn't have it in ourselves anymore. Mm -hmm. you know, it's not, uh, let's stay away from Aaron Rodgers, but let's talk about someone like Wayne Gretzky, who, <laughs> right. uh, Wayne Gretzky, <laughs> who I actually He's a goat. Wait, yeah, he is a goat. Mm -hmm. He's like, I don't have it in me anymore. Mm -hmm. I didn't have it any in me anymore with school logic mm -hmm. and golf. Now I wasn't able to give it the mm -hmm. right time. And, you know, Brett and others were way mm -hmm. smarter than I was It's time to get out. Mm -hmm. And the people that helped me turn around my businesses said, Rusnak, you're a better coach than you are a business uh, CEO mm -hmm. or a super revenue officer. Maybe you need to dig into this mm -hmm. coaching thing. Mm -hmm. And the crazy thing is my coaching career over the last 15 years has had some interesting ebbs and flows. Mm -hmm. There's different tools we bring mm -hmm. in, different dynamics, mm -hmm. and different things we need to focus on. Mm -hmm. So I need to be self-aware of that as right. well. Mm -hmm. And I might be a coach, but I still have a coach. Mm -hmm. I still have a mentor. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Mike right. Mueller. Just mm -hmm. spent four days in Park City mm -hmm. with him. 
and I have an accountability partner, mm-hmm. and excuse my French again, that isn't afraid to stick a, a, a fork in my back saying, mm-hmm. you think you're doing this, but I'm seeing something different. Mm-hmm. So we've got to have those people helping mm-hmm. us along the way. Right. You know, and, and like you said, they, they don't go away. You don't reach a level and then not need them. Um, yeah. You know, you, we, it, it's funny. So I am, you know, I'm two hours and three hours from Tuscaloosa. <laughs> yeah. So the goat, the true goat. I mean, you know, when Nick Saban announced his retirement, obviously it took the world mm-hmm. by surprise. But one of the things that, that he said was, I, it, you know, I just couldn't do it at that level anymore. And, you know, for one thing, it takes a heck of a lot of self-awareness to say, I'm not going to keep pushing it, um, you know, and and now was he happy that they hadn't played for a national championship? Yeah, that was part of it, but they were at that level. So it wasn't that, you know, all of a sudden they were the bottom of the, the SEC, you know, he knew. And, and I think that's where we see so many businesses fail is people just refuse to say, it's time, you know, I I need to be out. I need to do something different, whatever it is, you know, because there's all these expectations, right? You know, you've got family, you've got employees, you've got all these people who are saying, Scott, you got to keep running this business. We rely on you. You can't leave us, Yeah, but they're often better off if you do. Yeah. Um, And then the evolutionary process of an entrepreneur to realize, is it time to go or is it time to stay? Mm-hmm. Now, with that, I'm going to give another shout out mm-hmm. to Clint Johnson, who runs mm-hmm. an amazing business in Phoenix, Arizona, mm-hmm. profitable PPOS. Mm-hmm. He helps dental groups really define what they need from their business. Mm-hmm. And the one thing Clint has gone through with me and himself personally over the last couple mm-hmm. of years, all these people wind up by him or do different mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. And he realized that his passion is his business, mm-hmm. but his lifelong dream is to be a teacher and to mm-hmm. build these online resources and grow his community. Mm-hmm. We had a really cool check-in call today, mm-hmm. and he's realized his next evolution is this training mm-hmm. module, and this training part of his mm-hmm. business, and it'll allow him to live a life to not only travel with his mm-hmm. amazing wife, run a great business, mm-hmm. have great staff, and great clients. So. There's got to be a shift in that evolutionary mm-hmm. process for any business owner right. or athlete. Right. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. Oh, yeah. So I, I interviewed uh, a young man a, a week or so ago, and his program will actually air after yours. But he is he, he has his own website development company in Kiev, Ukraine. So that right there was just incredible. But, you know, it, it was it was a phenomenal interview. But. You know, he now has like 70 employees and, and all of this. And so my question to him was, okay, you've got all of these employees. And so what you wanted to do was design websites and all that. And you don't get to do that anymore. And mm-hmm. he said, the day I fired myself as the creative director was the day that I could take the next role in my job. And and I mean, he's it was kind of hard to tell his age. I'm assuming, you know, late 20s. And you know, in a war zone, holy schmoly. But um, yeah, I mean, he recognized that he had to change what he was doing in order for him to take that next step. Mm. Well, two things are going to happen after this podcast. I'm Ukrainian. I didn't tell you that. Ah. So you, you need to connect me with him. Oh, he was phenomenal. Oh, my gosh. Yep. I will definitely do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. And then I'm going to bug him. He's in second place if I'm before him. 
Yeah, I know. I know. Um, but yeah, it was, and, and it was so interesting because you know, he talked about his passion for designing websites and what he yeah. brought to the process and, and everything. But then I could tell he loved being the boss, right? That was, he found, you know, which is obviously very hard for some people, you know, they, they don't want to be doing the hiring, the firing, the accounting, all of those things. So of course the smart thing is they hire better people to do those. Um, Mm -hmm. But, but yeah, he loved the fact that he was able, and he said, now here's the important thing. He hired somebody who was a better creative director than he had been. And, you know, how many times do we see businesses falter, even fail because that, owner, that CEO, that whoever doesn't have the foresight to say, you know what, there's somebody better out there. Well, we all know there's always somebody better out there. And admitting it's hard. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of people better than me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) For sure. Me too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The one tool I take all my entrepreneurial leaders through Mm -hmm. is a tool we call the delegate and elevate checklist. Mm -hmm. Mm little credit to Dan Sullivan, the strategic mm-hmm. coach, but we formulated this tool by really getting people to dig into what they love to do mm-hmm. and what they're great at mm-hmm. and you know, really look at that on a professional or right. personal level. Mm-hmm. And then look at what you like to do and you're good at, mm-hmm. more of a list, mm-hmm. professionally and personally. Mm-hmm. And then there's two more columns. The, I like to do, but I'm not so good at it. And then the, I don't like it and I'm not good at it. And when we go through this exercise, we really find their unique ability. And you know, over the three, six, nine, 12 months, they get to know themselves better. They can talk to their team and they can start to realize that maybe they shouldn't be the boss or they're not good with admin. Mm-hmm. And they pull themselves out of the equation. Mm-hmm. I try to do that every day. I try to delegate something that I'm not good mm-hmm. at to someone else. Mm-hmm. And my assistant, Melissa, and some other people in my life help level me up. Right. Much like my good friend, Joseph, who got me on this podcast. Mm -hmm. What a wonderful human being. So we've got to have these who's around us. Right. We're always thinking, how am I going to do it? How am I going to do it? Mm -hmm. You're not going to get there. Mm -hmm. Who's going to help you get there? Mm -hmm. If you can find a better creative director, God bless our friend and Keith. Right. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I've been working on a huge volunteer project and, and running myself ragged, right. You know, and, and, and several people, not just one, several people said, you know what? You have really, really good people who have offered to help you. Honor them by allowing them to do what it is that they're going to be better at and delegate. (laughs) And and it's been hard because I am one of those people that my way is the only way and I'm the only one that can do it right. Right. You know, and, and so (laughs) You know, it's like, well, they might do it different. They might do it the same way, but they might do it different. And heavens to Betsy, they might actually do it better. Um, you know, and and so I think that is one of the challenges when we are that leader to recognize them. But I loved it when somebody said, honor them by letting them do it. Who, not how. Mm-hmm. And uh, back when I was working along in school logic, trying to get it somewhere. My mother would ask me from time to time, seems like you're a drug dealer. You're here all the time. Your <laughs> kids are here. Like, how did you pull this off? Well, I get to do what I love. Mm-hmm. I work with people I love mm-hmm. working with. Mm-hmm. And those people, I realize they're better at it than mm-hmm. I am. 
and I'm just going to get in the way. And my highest and best use right now is to hang out with you, mom, and you to get to know your grandkids Mm -hmm. and my amazing wife. So Mm -hmm. here I am. And it just gave me all this freedom to make a real big Mm -hmm. difference in the world. It's pretty cool. Right. You know, and, and it is, you know, it is about building that team and having those plans and, and doing those things. And, and I was fascinated reading your book because you talk about the three levels of people who are around us. And so talk to us more about that because that was very cool. And I love that part because we all think, oh my God, we have to either have nobody around us or as many people as we can possibly have. But you okay. talk, you know, and, and I love that you talk about there are three different levels. Well, we might need to take this to another podcast. But I I'll know do it because real- that's a very detailed thing. <laughs> it's it's deep. Mm-hmm. I figured out the my inner circle of life mm-hmm. by going and listening to a talk by a British anthropologist named Robin Dunbar. So mm-hmm. shout out to Mr. Mm-hmm. Dunbar, mm-hmm. Dr. Dunbar. And in his talk, which is pretty amazing, and I'll keep it down to 30 seconds, he basically said you've got three concentric circles in your life. Mm-hmm. The first is a small circle of people who know you, they love you, you can pick up the phone mm-hmm. at two in the morning, they know your values, they probably know you better than you know yourself. Mm-hmm. You're probably in touch with them every day or two. So for me, it's my wife, my two kids, it's my mom, and it's my mentor and my coach. Mm-hmm. So, hey, there's the six. Okay, mm-hmm. so I broke the rule, now it's six. Then he said there's about 12 to 15 other people mm-hmm. who you stay in touch with maybe every week. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's uh, you know once a month, you go on deep, mm-hmm. meaningful trips with you, you engage, you've got great, great mm-hmm. relationships with them. And those 15 people, again, they know you better mm-hmm. than you know yourself. You might not live with them, but mm-hmm. they're there. So five, then 15. Mm-hmm. And then Dunbar said that the next number is about 150 and no more. Mm-hmm. Throw away Facebook and LinkedIn with these 10,000 right. followers. <clears throat> this next big, next bigger group, and he went into medieval times and said, mm-hmm. once these groups get bigger than 150, mm-hmm. all kinds of bad things would happen, mm-hmm. crime and mischief. And right. It's just too big to manage. Too big. So I really got clear. And uh, it's funny before this podcast, I didn't know we we're going to bring it up, but there's my little concentric circles mm-hmm. I was thinking about. M- mine are five, 18, and 38. And mm-hmm. that math we can talk about later, mm-hmm. but I am a bit of an introvert mm-hmm. and I really need to have control of my own time mm-hmm. and the people in my life. Mm-hmm. And it just makes things so much easier. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Right. You know, and even, you know, you've probably gotten the, the feeling just in our short time together, I'm pretty social. Um, but when I think about those numbers, they're still pretty small, you know, because it's not how many people am I connected with on Facebook or, you know, any of those things. And and I remember years ago, Bob Berg, who I love Bob Berg, he is, is, you know, I love his wisdom. And one of the things that he said somewhere along the line was that there are about 150 people who will come to your wedding or your funeral. And so it's that same concept that there's, you know, 150 is about where we max out. And, and even at that, that's a lot, right? You know, if you're trying to remember 150 birthdays, anniversaries, thank God for Facebook, right? Because it tells us these things, but 150 really is a lot to have to manage. And, you know, and and so I think a lot of people really, it's going to be 50 ish, you know, maybe a hundred at the most. But, you know, I think it's also the, the other two levels are also very important. You know, how many times do we try and make our inner circle too big 
And then we can't mm-hmm. please everybody and, you know, nothing gets done. And, you know, and, and then the, the, you know, and so it's, it's really about focusing. And I love how in your book, you talk about, you keep those numbers in mind with a lot of what you do, you know, you're going to make sure that those five or six people in your inner circle get you at your peak time for them. And the people who are in your other circles, you get they get you at the peak time for them. Um, you know, and, and I just love that because I think we're just so scattered and you know, we don't ever stop to think about all of this. What my inner circle allows me to do and my core values allow me to do is say no to the wrong opportunities mm-hmm. and yes to the right opportunities. Yep. And everyone thinks they're in the tech business or the coaching business mm-hmm. or the skiing business or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. No, you're not. You're in the people business. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you don't take care of the most important people and yourself, mm-hmm. you're never going to get what you want. Right. And taking care of yourself really has got to be number one. Self-care is not being selfish. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. You know, and and again, we do, we try and serve everybody. And, you know, I am a marketing person at heart. And so one of the people, and by training, and, you know, and so one of the things I always ask people is, who's your target audience? And they'll smile at me and they'll say, everybody, no, (laughs) there's, I'm, you know, there's probably no company that their target market is everybody, right? You know, Starbucks knows high end coffee drinkers with disposable income, right? You know, when it costs you six to 10 bucks to buy a cup of coffee, you're not going to be, you know, the person that, that can't afford that. Walmart knows who they are serving. And along the, the same lines, Nordstrom's, Macy's, they know who they're serving. So we have to know who our target market is in order to do that. And that kind of fits in with those circles. You know, are we serving the right number of people as opposed to let's let's try and, and make everybody happy and then nobody's happy? Well, Deb, I'm going to segue back to that delegate and elevate mm-hmm. checklist. Mm-hmm. When you know your unique ability and you know mm-hmm. thyself, and you really put it out mm-hmm. there, those are the people you're going to end up working with. Right. And in, within our coaching community, people are like, how can we always end up with these really cool adventurous people that want to take mm-hmm. annual planning trips to Tahoe? Or I was just with Mark Rohde and his team from Mar- mm-hmm. Residential in Durango snowmobiling. Mm-hmm. Next week, I'll be in Los Angeles having a blast with EAI Water. Well, mm-hmm. in my life, I love hanging out with athletes and adventurists. Right. right. Want to have conversations with business owners who are like, hey, we've got a lot in common. Mm-hmm. And then off we go. We just hit mm-hmm. off. Right. And I can't I can't fake it. So mm-hmm. <laughs> off yeah, we go. We attract get exactly those people. people who match our our interests. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and and I love it, that that it, that you know, back to this absolutely has to be a plan. You know, we can't just yeah. muddle through our lives. And, I, and I'm going to go back to the title of your book, which is, I had to find it here, The Entrepreneur's Field Guide, which that sounds great. But then the next part <laughs> is the important part, obviously, right? It's design your life before someone else does it for you. So how did you come up with that part? Because that is obviously the important part. Yeah. At a young age, I lost a handful of friends through a tragic accident. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't want to go through all the mm-hmm. details. But talking to their parents and talking to a lot of other people, they said, you know, Scott, you've got a really cool opportunity to, mm-hmm. to really do some cool things. And teachers, mentors, and coaches, mm-hmm. they helped me design some things into my mm-hmm. life. 
And as I started to work through that into my 30s and 40s, I knew that I needed to be the architect. Mm -hmm. And then I just figured out I've got to design my life before mm -hmm. someone else does it mm -hmm. for me. Right. It was based on all those learnings mm -hmm. I've had through my life. So mm -hmm. it's become a big deal. You know, the other part that's really important to me, Deb, is I never wrote a book to sell the book. Mm -hmm. um, so if you've got listeners and that they want to email me, I'd be thrilled to send them a PDF for the book. And it's a great um, book. I had a great time reading it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I'm fishing for five star reviews, but that's okay, okay. another story altogether. But yeah, but I don't need to make nineteen dollars and ninety nine cents, you know, on a book. Mm -hmm. I'd rather change someone's life mm -hmm. and give them a real shot right. to become become the architect mm -hmm. as well. So mm -hmm. reach out; I'll send it out to you. Right. You know, and and I, you know, it, it it is that premise of somebody else will do it for you. So somebody else will either do it. You know, you might think I've got the greatest product in the world, but oh, it's not perfect or it's not. Well, then somebody else does it, right? Or more importantly, yeah. you know, how many times have we done whatever it is in our life because we were told that we needed to be doing that? Um, you know, and and those those you know the little Jiminy crickets that we have on our shoulders. You know that, and and it's funny when I talk about this a lot on the program. Those people, in many cases, mean well. By saying, mm -hmm. you know, like the people who told me, you know, Deb, you are not an athlete. <laughs> you know? And I kept trying, <laughs> you know, I really did keep trying, but, um, you know, and, or, or, you know, you shouldn't go into math or you shouldn't go into science or, you know, gee, you're, you seem like you shouldn't be a good public speaker. Again, they're trying to protect mm -hmm. you. Maybe they're thinking more about what happened to them, you know, and, and things like that. But yeah, we have to be the architect of our life. And sometimes that's very scary. And sometimes it goes totally against what other people think we should be doing. Absolutely. There's so many people that go to a high school reunion or a college reunion or a wedding. Mm -hmm. Like, boy, you've changed. Mm -hmm. And everyone else stays the same. Mm -hmm. And human beings, it's that every six or seven years, every tissue in our body changes. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's okay. You get reinvented by the, mm -hmm. by God, by mm -hmm. nature. Mm -hmm. So why not take a shot? And we talked mm -hmm. earlier about business lifestyle mm -hmm. and the life cycle of a human being. Why can't you reinvent yourself mm -hmm. every five, six, seven, mm -hmm. eight years? It's okay. Right. It's okay to run a software business. It's okay to try to go to the Olympics. Mm -hmm. It's okay to be a business coach. Mm -hmm. Maybe you want to own a pizzeria, but just have a plan. Right. So become the architect of your life. Mm -hmm. And when I talk at conferences or do big events, I start with that. Mm -hmm. I ask people to take a minute and really think about who is the architect of their life. Mm -hmm. Their wife, their mother, their kids, mm -hmm. their boss. Right. Because you're not ready to take uh, the most important elements of your life mm -hmm. under your own control. Mm -hmm. You're probably not worthy of the achievement. It's mm -hmm. just going to be luck. Right. Why not build out a plan and mm -hmm. have a real mm -hmm. good shot at getting there? Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and and it is it's our life. Why shouldn't we be the the people in charge of it? Um, but that's not the way we were taught. Uh, you know, and 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 it is it's 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 interesting because we of course want to please other people, but mm -hmm. we also have to you know authenticity is one of the words you know the buzzwords that has mm -hmm. really come about in the in the last couple of years. About being authentic to yourself. And, and it was funny because we were talking um, about millennials. And, you know, I, most millennials 
are at a job for a couple of years now. You know, it's and because they're going, okay, I've done this, I've mastered this, now I'm going on to the next thing, whatever it is. Yeah. And my generation is the nope, nope, you have to have a job until the you know, you get that gold watch. And you know, and 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 my parents were definitely like that. I mean, you know, I've I have kind of changed jobs here and there and things like that. My dad, bless his little heart, you know, who stayed at the chain job for you know 30 some years, he couldn't understand that. You know, and 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 he would say, you know, well, what was wrong with it? And which then, of course, implied what was wrong with me. And, you know, and and so but he supported me. I mean, you know, he's he's been gone for a while. But but yeah, you know, it's and and it's not, oh, I just want to make myself happy. That is part of it. But it is more what how what am I going to do where I can bring the the greatest good to myself and to others. Oh my well, goodness, we uh, got philosophical. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, then let's go to my friend Simon Sinek. Mm-hmm. And what is your why? Mm-hmm. And if you read deeply into that book, hopefully mm-hmm. it helps people find their purpose. Mm-hmm. And I've chunked out a bunch of that in my book mm-hmm. as well, helping mm-hmm. people figure out where do they want to live, right. what do they want to do, and mm-hmm. why are they doing it. Mm-hmm. And with coach help from my coach, my mm-hmm. mentor, my why became pretty simple. Mm-hmm. It's to ensure that each and every person I come in touch with leaves in a better place than I found them. Mm-hmm. And the crazy thing about that why is it challenges me not to get mad at the flight attendant because the flight's late mm-hmm. or the pizzeria uh, waiter mm-hmm. at the pizzeria who brings me a salad right. instead of the hamburger or the mm-hmm. pizza. Everybody's doing their best. And mm-hmm. it's my job to leave them in a better place than I found right. them. It doesn't mean I'm going to walk around the world patting everyone on the back, mm-hmm. but it makes me realize I've got to raise the bar, mm-hmm. at least on my side. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and and be grateful. You know, that's that's the other thing. And you talk about that in your book. Um, and we we didn't even get to touch a lot of the the stuff that that I was going to you know <laughs> talk about. And so we do have to have you on again. I think gratitude is one of the things that is so overlooked by people. You know, and 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 I'm I'm guilty of that. You know, but at the same point, it's what are we grateful for? You know, I I've I've had major health issues, and so one of my yeah. things that I tell people is, you know what, I'm really glad I ain't looking up at six feet of dirt. <laughs> you know, and you know that that's a joke, but it's true. I mean, you know, and and things could always be worse. Things could be better, right? You know, but it's. What are we grateful for? I mean, you know, I've I just had an hour's worth of fantastic conversation. That's a great thing to be grateful for, um, you know. And and so, yeah, have a little gratitude in your lives. Well, I'll challenge the listeners when they wake up the day after listening to this to lay in bed for about ten minutes. Mm-hmm. And while you're laying in bed, I want you to think about all the people have helped you to get to where you are mm-hmm. right now. I don't care if you're at the lowest of low, you're at a spot that's probably a lot better than our friend in Kiev who's mm-hmm. in a war zone. Mm-hmm. So, t- teachers, coaches, friends, your parents. And I find if you can have a little bit of that mindset of mm-hmm. who am I grateful for, a mm-hmm. little bit of gratitude, you're probably going to take your first step out of bed and realize you've probably got a great partner, a great spouse, mm-hmm. a bunch of great friends. It just helps a lot. Right. I love it. 
Well, oh my gosh, Scott, we really are out of time. This is just, see, this is why I set the timer because otherwise we'd, we'd be going forever. <laughs> Tell people how they find you and what are the services that you provide? They can find me on my website. It's really creative. It's scottrusnack.com. So Ooh. I'm sure you'll put it in the mm-hmm. show notes. Yep, it'll be linked. Mm-hmm. I'm an executive coach and I'm an ex- uh, expert EOS implementer. Mm-hmm. I work with leadership teams, mm-hmm. helping them get a grip on their business and help them get everything they want from their lives. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. You've got a great website. It's got all sorts of, of good information. And we've been talking about the book. I mean, you know, the, the book really was, it was a fast read, um, but a lot of very good thought provoking information in it. You know, I made it a fast read because I needed to prepare for this, but you know, it, it, for somebody who is using it as the tool that it needs to be intended for, they're going to spend a lot of time on it because you had things in there that they have to complete and, and all sorts of things. So it is, it's a great book. And again, it's called the entrepreneur's field guide and we'll have a, a link to it in, in the show notes. Thanks Deb. And big fonts. I want it to be easy to read. I know it was, it was, you know, these, these old <laughs> tired eyes were happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, Scott, like I said, we really are going to have to talk again. Um, but until then, do you have any final thoughts that you want to leave everyone with? Just make sure you're the architect of your own life. Take control of the most important elements and you'll probably get there. I love it. Short and sweet. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, I'm Deb Creer. I've been having so much fun having a great discussion with Scott Rusneck. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.